Yo, it's that time again. Welcome back, everybody. And as you guys can see, some dramatic changes going on. And so we're going to be talking about that today. Also, we're going to be reliving a retro classic gameplay. So we're going to be taking a look at Super Mario Brothers, probably one of my all-time favorite games and suggested uh, by a special somebody. Uh, just to kind of really relive those glory days of Super Mario Brothers. We're going to be talking about Godzilla versus Kong and also the Mortal Kombat movie that's dropping April 16th, as well as taking a look at Android 12 developer preview one. Um, so look, let me just kind of just make this clear to everybody. It's a whole new ball game and a whole new show, right? You obviously can see that just from all the branding that's pretty much been changed up, been doing, uh, you know, strictly mostly tech for the longest time. And now it's time for me to kind of go a different route. And while tech does pertain to the nerd culture, so does gaming, so does movies, so does everything else. And so I've been giving everybody a forewarning for the longest time that I'm going to be changing directions and going this way. And now it's officially going this way. So while we bid Aloha Android a farewell, because it was great. It was great doing it. It was great focusing on Android. It was great focusing on Boost Mobile and custom ROMs and all that other stuff, which is still part of the nerd culture. So it's not like that that stuff is going anywhere, but... I do want to kind of just bring more things to the table. Um, so it may not be everybody's cup of tea. I understand that. I definitely do. And I understand if people are just like, hey, you know what? Uh, this ain't for me. Like, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I am excited and looking forward to hopefully most of everybody staying around and, you know, um, coming in and, and chatting during my live streams. And then also, at the same time, too, um, attracting new people to come through and make new friends and and, and meet new people in that in that fashion. So, um, literally at this point, made it as it is. It ain't going backwards. We move forward. So that's pretty much where it's at right now. Um, yeah. So hopefully you guys still rock with me. But um, yeah, like I said, I understand if you don't. I'm not I'm not hurting here. So anyways, now that I've got the familiars out the way and gave pretty much the idea of just what's going to be happening from this point forward, what to expect from this point forward, let's just kind of go into the first subject I want to kind of talk about, which is Android 12 developer preview one. Um, I'm going to show you guys what the expected timeline is of Android 12. Uh, we've been kind of talking a little bit about it over some time now. So here is what to expect for the timeline of Android 12 developer one. So developer previews are going to be released all throughout February, March, and April is not until about mid April where we will see the first beta released. What does that mean entirely for a lot of people? Well, that just means that if you're going to try developer preview one, understand it's going to be like absolutely buggy. Okay. Like don't expect it to be, something that you can run as a daily driver. It's just not, it's, it's just not happening. Um, but it, you know, if you have like a, like a backup device, like, I mean, I have the pixel five, I can probably flash um, developer one on maybe my pixel four. What's up, Oscar, what's going on? Um, I may be able to do that. And then just kind of like show what Android 12 may look like, but I don't intend to do that. I really don't, you know, not, not, not at this point, only because, you know, um, a, a lot of things that they would implement into Android 12, um, they definitely uh, 
it, it's it's not going to be prevalent right now. This is just really like it's like it is a developer preview. So developers can basically take this and get an understanding of what Android 12 is going to be. And then, of course, you know, um, implement uh, that with uh, whatever they're whatever they're going to do, you know, with their app. I mean, you know, obviously they got to make APIs um, available for developers so that way they can develop their applications to, you know, able to run functionally on the next version of Android. That's how that's how the game rolls. So um, as you guys can see here. Kind of go over this a little bit. So the timeline, milestones, and updates. What we can see. So we we can't really expect platform stability until about mid July. Like I would say, just judging by this timeline here, possibly around the um, around like you know the late late July, like the twentieth, around there, we may be able to you know start seeing a you know platform stability there. And <laughs> my dogs are going off. And then a final release sometime after August. So maybe like early September, we should see the final release of Android 12 and make its way to Pixel devices all out there. So that's some of the things that I would I would say definitely, um, you know, hang on here. Let me just kind of like rework this. Ugh. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> Feels so much better, um, but yeah, you know we'll, we'll expect it around then too. So um, some of the things here, let's kind of go over some of this information just a little bit. Um, so it gives you the timeline build and the type. So it says in February, developer one release, which is already available right now. So if you know how to flash uh, developer one onto your Pixel uh, that is supported for it, you should be able to. Uh, but it says our early baseline build focused on developer feedback with new features. Wow, my dogs are just really going off. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, early baseline build focused on developer feedback with new features, APIs, and behavior changes. Um, developer actions, it says priority window for feedback on APIs. Explore new APIs and behavior changes and report any critical issues or requests to us during this time. Begin early app compatibility. So this is around the time, like I said, where, where developers and app developers will start um, using this to help build out or to help update their application to run on Android 12. Note to everybody out there, don't get chihuahuas unless you want a real five-star security alarm. <laughs> what do we got here? Uh, how are you doing? Wow, Android 12 already. Sorry it took so long. Was eating dinner. No, 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 no. Don't ever apologize when you're, when you're living life, bro. When you're living life, you don't need to apologize. I get it. And I hope your I hope your dinner was delicious, but yeah, Android 12 is here. Well, developer previews are here. It's not fully rolled out. But anyways, so let's just kind of go over this timeline here. Just kind of get an idea. So sometime around March, so not not too far away from now, will we actually see developer preview too? And this is incremental updates with additional features, APIs, and behavior changes. So the actions upon this is priority for feedback continues. Give us your feedback as you try the new APIs and test with behavior changes. So this is where all third-party developing um, app developers basically they they develop their app for Android 12 platform and then they give feedback to Google as far as like how the app is working out, if there's any bugs they may have found. So then that way Google can go in there and kind of find out what's causing it. You know what I mean? Because um, when it comes to all these source codes and everything is dog food, so. They got to go in there and pretty much figure out what is causing the bug and fix that. And I mean, anybody who's seen the, you know, one of my favorite all time movies, which is the internship knows 
uh, yeah, that's that's a that, that's a critical and time consuming thing to do is to find the bug. And no, it's it's not pot fly super fly or any of that stuff like what uh, what they were saying in that movie. Um, yeah, so around uh, around April, we should see developer three incremental update for stability and performance in Android twelve. Uh, get apps ready for consumer beta. So, you know, while not every app out there is going to be compatible with Android 12 by this time, majority of the ones would. So like Facebook obviously is going to be part of it where they're going to test Facebook on the developer previews, see how Facebook responds on Android 12, give feedback on any bug changes or whatever. They do this about a time that beta one rolls out at least, you know, a good 60% of applications are functional on Android 12. We're talking like Facebook, Twitter, you know, um, obviously, you know, most of the Google apps, YouTube, those types of things, Instagram, you know, those will at least be able to be used during beta one. Now, when beta one's released, that's when people like you and me can actually just easily download and install the beta versions on our Pixel devices. Um, the developer previews is just strictly, you know, for me, I, I kind of follow the rule of code here. So I say, if it's developer preview, it's for developers. So developers should get their hands on this and be able to update. Of course, you know, because it's an open, it's, it's open source platform. You should be able to get it yourself if you want to actually try and do it. And, oh my gosh, babe, you got a shiny ditto. No, it'll be out tomorrow for Canto. Oh, <laughs> That's right. Tomorrow, tomorrow we're playing. We're playing the Kanto region. I actually bought, uh, we bought our tickets for the Kanto region Pokemon Go. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. What's up, Gene? What's going on, man? Um, <laughs> no, it's okay, babe. Um, yeah. So, like I was saying, uh, when Android 12 developer preview, I, I really wouldn't suggest anyone even trying to flash this on their phone, especially if they're if they're their Pixel device is their main device or like the only pixel device they have i would not suggest installing developer preview one two or three this is what that's why it's called developer preview it's called that for a reason it's called that because it's for developers to start developing applications uh to run properly on android 12. the the beta one which is you know gonna drop sometime around may um as it says here may beta one initial beta um, quality release over the air update to early adopters who enroll in the Android beta program. So yeah, if you go to android.co forward slash beta and you sign up, then in May is when you will receive a system update telling you that, you know, your device can update to Android 12 beta one. Of course, you have to expect some bugginess, but it tells you right here, continue compatibility testing, watch for feedback from Android beta users, uh, start early testing with targeting Android 12, notify SDK and library developers of any issues. So this is where if you are part of the Android beta program, if you're part of that group, if you if you you know enrolled on your Pixel device um, to be part of you know Android beta, um, one of the things that they're hoping that people do is that they um, they go in and uh, give feedback, which, you know, there'll be an, there'll be like an open messaging um, icon that you would use. And this would actually, um, it would actually be a way for you to communicate back directly with Google with any type of bugs that you find. Obviously, um, you know, it'll, it'll be able to take a, a log cat of the most previous actions you've done on your Android device and it'll attach that to your message. You would describe out whatever bug issue you face with Android 12. You would submit it. So that way Android developers 
uh, can get a hold of that information and then kind of go through your log cat to see what was going on when the bug happened and be able to correct that. Uh, that's what happens in, in the beta, right? So developer, that's for like Facebook, Twitter, and them to, you know, update APIs and get their apps ready and available for the Android 12 platform. You got beta, which is for people like you and me to try it out and give critical feedback and submit log cats so that way they know uh, what's going on and what, what could be causing some certain issues. Uh, but that's when beta one comes out about June or July, beta two and three will drop incremental beta quality release, uh, continue compatibility testing, watch for feedback from Android beta users, start early testing with targeting for Android 12. So that's uh, around that time where you see beta two, beta three, that's when they get enough feedback from a specific bug that most beta users are, are experiencing and they're able to correct that. And then they, they release beta two and, if some people are still getting the same bug, they'll go back to format, they'll dog food it, they'll they'll fix it, and then they'll go back with beta three. Beta four is when they consider it like platform stability milestone. This is where final APIs and behaviors with Android 12 are pretty much near near complete. Uh, play publishing opens. So um, right here where it just describes it, I just says start final compatibility testing for apps, SDKs, and libraries release compatible versions, continue work to target Android 12, update SDKs and libraries and notify their developers of any issues. That's about beta four. Um, you have candidate or beta five, uh, release candidate build, release compatible updates for apps, SDKs, libraries, continue to work on target Android 12, build with new features and APIs. And then you have the final release. Android 12 is released to AOS, AOSP and ecosystems. Um, release compatible updates for apps, SDKs, libraries, continue work target on Android 12, build new features and APIs. So roughly about like August, as I showed up here in the timeline of what to expect is what you can expect for Android 12. But that's pretty much what the whole beta thing is all about. That, that That's what the whole developer preview leading into beta, leading into final release. So this is why I say to like most people, at least for me, I would advise for a lot of people to just kind of wait till beta four if you really want to run it as a daily driver, okay? If you got a spare device that is, you know, accepted into the Android beta program, then you can use a secondary device to kind of test it out and whatever, see what kind of bugs they may have. You know, like me, I can, by the time that Android beta is released, I can run Android beta on my Pixel 4a and keep my Pixel 5 on Android 11 until the stable Android 12 comes out or until, you know, like the plat like the, the Android 12 uh, stable beta comes out which usually is like beta 4 and then i can run it then um there could be a beta 5 and beta 6 normally it stops at beta 4 but if they had to make any type of changes then they will go back in you'll see a beta 5 and a beta 6 release um so like fall of 2021 android 12 will be released to the carriers or the phone manufacturers? To the phone manufacturers, the carriers, put they put it out over the air. Um, or Android 11. What do you mean, or Android 11? It will only go to the devices that is uh, manufacturers decide to, to update to Android 12. It will go to all Pixel devices starting from the Pixel 3 and, and newer. So Pixel 3, 3XL, um, 3A, 4, 4XL, 4A, and 5. Those will be getting Android 12. 
<laughs> yeah, it tends to go off when 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 the hot keyword is heard. That happens. That that's that's one of the curses of owning a Google Home is that it sometimes it doesn't understand when you're just like having a conversation with somebody else and then it'll activate. So that's pretty much um you know Android 12 in a nutshell, what to expect coming from that. Um really, I mean, you know, at this point, like I said, I mean, I can't tell people what to do. If people go and run and grab, you know, um, developer preview one and sideload it onto their, you know, their pixel device, that's the thing that, that kills me is because it's like, okay, you, you know, you can do this. You can go and you can follow steps on how to, on how to flash the system image onto your, your pixel device to try out developer preview one. Problem with that is that a lot of people tend to flash this stuff on there and expect it to work like it is the final version. Let me tell people right now. If it's not the final version, then don't expect, you know, like final version results. Like don't, it's it's pretty idiotic to even think that and then to head to social platforms and to complain and complain and complain and be like, it's buggy, it's not working right. Well, what do you expect? It's not the final released version. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm sorry, that's, that's pretty much it. He says, I mean, the phones that have not updated to Android 11 yet. No, if your phone did not update to Android 11, it's not going to update to Android 12. It's not going to jump. Most manufacturers will not jump software platforms. They just won't. It, it you know, that's, it, it's never a good fit when it comes to electronic devices that run software. It's never a good fit to do that. It's never good to say, okay, we haven't updated you in years and we're going to make you jump over one one version or over two versions they, they don't do that um if, if it never got android 11 it's not going beyond whatever it's on right now that's just it we could complain we could you know <laughs> i hate to say it, we can complain we can bitch about it but uh it, it's not going to change it's just not going to change it so um if it got android 11 chances are it may go to 12 but i've already explained this so many times manufacturers don't see the value in updating your phone to the latest version of Android. They just would rather have you buy a brand new phone. That's the name of the game. They cannot sell Android. They cannot. You just can't. You can't take something that doesn't belong to you that you're licensing to use on your hardware and say, hey, you want this? We're going to give you, you got to pay $10 to download it. No, they can't. So for these companies like Samsung and Motorola and, you know, you know, HTC, and uh wow that's kind of weird right saying hcc <laughs> really never really hear about hcc in a long time so saying its name is kind of funny but like those don't uh those those companies their their own their own concern is making money that's all their concern is about and if they can sell you a phone with the latest version of android that's what they're going to do to make that money hardly some will do it just to show faith in it, right? And they normally tend to do it to their flagship devices. So like Samsung and the Galaxy S series, more than likely the latest Galaxy S is going to move to Android 12. Um, you know, what's a... LG has been all over the place, so they don't really have much to say as, a, as an actual... Um, <laughs> like as an actual flagship. <laughs> There's not really much to say on that anymore. LG is just kind of all over the place. They're really kind of kind of all over the place. People don't want to buy a new device. I guess we will have to deal with Android 10. Um, well, see, that's the thing. 
some people don't want to buy a new device. You don't want to buy a new device. And I totally get that. You don't have to. But they don't have to update older hardware. They know this. So, yeah, you're just going to have to deal with it. If your device is on Android 10, just enjoy Android 10. It's not going to go beyond that. Now, that's not to say that you can't put Android 12 on it yourself, but you got to know what you're doing if you're going to attempt this. Literally. I mean, if you go to XDA and you look up, you know, custom ROMs, you can do that. Actually, you can actually take your device, go into the Google Play Store and download um, download an app that tests if it's actually part of Project Trouble. If it is part of Project Trouble, then you can actually install GSIs, which is pretty much just like what a custom ROM is. But it, the phone was made to be able to flash this on there. I know Max Lee talked a little bit about it on his channel, High on Android, and he kind of mentioned about GSIs. So um, most people kind of got an idea what a GSI is, but you would have to really know what you're doing. Um, of course, it, it involves rooting your Android phone. It involves you knowing how to um, how to flash, you know, a boot image, um, how to flash a recovery image, you know, in case in case the bootloader is is locked. Um, you would have to know how to unlock the bootloader. That, that's that's the main thing. And most most manufacturers today have locked bootloaders when it comes to their Android devices um, because they don't want people tampering with it. So that is uh, you know the reason why you don't see a lot of um, a lot of flashing custom ROMs like you would back in the day. Like in 2012, you used to see a lot of that. Uh, let's see. See, but Apple's updating uh, their iOS to 14.5. But see, Apple only has one phone, bro. Like, you're 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 taking Android that has the Google Pixels as their one phone, but license the operating system to like, you know, ten different manufacturers versus Apple that only has one phone, the iPhone. And there's always a generation of an iPhone, a Samsung Galaxy, you know, S21. And then if you go back as far back as to like an LG Style 4, an LG Style 4 is not a generation previously to the Galaxy S21. So you can't line them up like that. They're not ducks lined up like that. So when it comes to it, um, Apple has always been praised for software updates. And I think, you know, in, in the days of, of Android versus iOS, that is probably one of the biggest things that I would talk about with people when they would chat about it is you know, comparing that scenario, you got one phone to deal with. It's easy to keep them up to date because it's only one phone per year. When you're on the Android side in one year, there's like 50 phones released. And that's not including the Google pixels that comes later that year. That's from other OEMs that license Android. So it's not really the same. Um, let's see. I think uh, they ZT on China. Canada, other parts of the country. Oh. Uh, Got to be smart about it. Never know. Yeah. Yo, what's up, Tech for Your Needs? What's going on, man? Um, so, yeah. I mean, just because, let's say, like, you have an LG Stylo 6, and maybe it won't get Android 12, doesn't mean that there aren't some really smart, you know, in the attic, in the basement developers that took the source codes from... Um, you know, Android from Google's website for Android and developed their own custom ROM and was able to bring the Stylo 6 up to, to Android 12. That's the reason why, you know, custom ROM developers were, you know, are even till today, they're still popular. You may not hear a lot about them, but they're still popular because they're still doing groundbreaking work. 
Uh, what do you think on getting a Note 9 nowadays? Mm, depending depending on what you intend to use it for. I mean, if you're going to use it as a daily driver and if you're expecting if you're expecting it, you know, as far as data connectivity speeds to be to be okay, um it'll be decent, but obviously, you know, it, it's oh, it depends. It depends on what you what you're wanting it for. XDA developers says tech for your needs. Yes, XDA developers and there's a SDX there's them too, but SDX specializes mostly with Samsung. So like they are part of XDA, but they are on their own when it comes to it. They're just literally for uh, Samsung devices to build custom ROMs for that. Cause that's, that's where like, you know, for the galaxy S2 Epic 4G touch, that's where I grabbed a lot of custom ROMs for that. That phone was from SDX developers, which is a part of uh, XDA It's just mainly catered only to Samsung. Okay. Gene. Hey, God. Uh, so I'm stuck on iOS 12. Haven't got an update yet. Still been a couple of weeks. What iPhone do you have? Uh, you heard Stadia Studios have shut down? Really? No, no, no. I was playing on Stadia earlier today. <laughs> Don't know what's going on with that, but we'll look that up. We'll find out what's going on with that. I haven't gotten an iOS update either. I think I'll have to check my iPhone. For iOS 14.5, is it already out of beta? I haven't kept up with that, so I'm not sure. I know on my iPhone XS, I'm running a 14.4. And I think I do have a developer, uh, a beta profile on it. But I don't think I did the update. I don't know. Not entirely sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the best I can offer anybody that has like an old Android phone that you know wants to try uh, wants to try to get their phone up to Android 12. But it's not like as soon as Android 12 comes out, there's going to be like a massive amount of custom ROMs for, you know, older Android devices. And most of the time, these developers, they, they kind of go after flagships, maybe flagships that are no longer um, being moved up. They kind of go after those because most people. um Some Stadia Studios. Huh. I wonder why. Why do I do that? Because I know Stadia is not canceling out at all whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. There's been like, there's been no email to me to tell me that uh, Stadia is going away. So let's look into that. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, let's kind of bring this up. So, an on the spot, <laughs> on the spot um, subject. Let's see. This is coming from Kotaku. So let's kind of look at that. I don't want to get feedback. All right. Kind of lagging just a little bit here with the internet today. Yes, I know I'm sharing this. All right. So Google Stadia shuts down internal studios, changing business focus. 
Google Stadia, the late 2019 streaming platform that promised to revolutionize gaming by letting users stream games without needing to own a powerful PC or console, is altering course, getting out of the game-making business, and will now offer its platform directly to game publishers alongside offering Stadia Pro to the public. The company is announcing the news today through uh, Kotaku, began to hear rumblings from the source close to Stadia last week that Google service was heading for a major change. One game industry source told Kotaku that Google was canceling multiple projects. Basically, any game slated for release beyond a specific 2021 window. They, uh, Though they believe games close to the release would still come out, today brings some clarification. Google will close its two game studios located in Montreal and Los Angeles. Neither had released any games yet. Uh, the closure will impact around 150 developers, once source familiar with Stadia operations said. The company says it will try to find those developers new roles at Google. Jade Raymond, the veteran producer who helped build Assassin's Creed for Ubisoft and moved to EA several years ago before leaving to run game creations at Stadia, is exiting the company according to Google. Uh, Google will continue to operate the Stadia gaming service and its $10 monthly Stadia Pro service. It's unclear how many, if any, exclusive games will still come to the service. Though the company has indicated that it's still that it can still sign new games and will bring more third-party releases to the platform, it nevertheless will look to many like a new drawdown of the plan to have Stadia run as a bona fide competitor to the console platforms. Yeah, so it's not it's not shutting down. Stadia is not closing at all whatsoever. They're just so Google did intend to actually put out like Stadia exclusive games. Like these are games, like video games developed by Google. Please excuse my dogs. <laughs> they are just going off. Um, but anyhow, so they were going to release like Stadia-specific games, right? And they had a team of developers at Google that was building games for Stadia. And I guess what they're doing is they're scrapping that idea to have Stadia-exclusive games, and they're just basically going, um, basically going with third party, right? So like going with... Um, let's say Midway, if Midway still develops games or going, um, you know, I mean, with Capcom, you know, having them release games on their platform. So that's just really where they're going. But they're not shutting down like Stadia, like for good. They're closing out two of their studios that was designated to design and develop games for it. No, I don't. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> Wow. But thanks, thanks for the thanks for the insight, uh, Riverdale. Appreciate it. So now for those people who don't know, and I'll, I'll change I'll change the title later on when uh, after I'm done live streaming to kind of include that in here about uh, um, Google uh, Stadia shutting down two of its studios, one in Montreal, one in Los Angeles. So that way, people that's into Stadia gaming can catch up on that. Because I know the homie Squids uh, is heavily into uh, Stadia and Luna. You know, he, he's he's really he's really into his gaming. So if you guys have not subscribed to him, check him out. Definitely check him out. Um, but anyhow, so yeah, let's move on to uh, something else here. <laughs> it's been it's been a crazy day. Um, let's see. We got well, how many of you guys see the actual Mortal Kombat trailer? I know I got dinged for it <laughs> yet yeah, oh, the other day, uh, yesterday I think it was. Yesterday I actually you know um, reacted to the trailer on um, 
for watching the trailer and whatnot and got dinged uh by go by YouTube and Google. Um uh, it, it is what it is though. I mean it, it didn't it didn't like like fully strike my channel like a community strike um or a guideline strike. It just, you know, like if you were planning to ever monetize that, you couldn't. And I didn't do the number one rule of thumb. Most people that do it, they'll like they'll flip, they'll they'll, they'll flip the video um around like mirrored. So you know, and then do the pauses. I did the pauses. I just didn't flip it around. Uh, the movie, yeah, Mortal Kombat, dropping uh, April 16th, 2021 on HBO Max and movies. And I got to tell you, this movie, I am fully geeking out on. I'm geeking out on it because it's very gory. I'm actually surprised they're going to let this thing go public. I mean, one of the one of the biggest things that they showed, right, was, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer, but in the trailer, uh, Sub-Zero, you know, he's fighting one-on-one with, with Jax, and, like, he freezes Jax's gun, okay? So he freezes Jax's gun and destroys it, but then he also freezes Jax's arm, and he rips it out. This is, uh, I guess, you know, to the, uh, to, you know, to the story itself is, is you know, the reason why that, um, you know, Jax had to get um, cybernetic arm plants on him. Um, boom, boom, boom. Here we go. Uh, first of all, I don't even know how I feel about this as Melina. Um, I mean, no, no, no. I really don't know where they're going with this. Because, you know, when, when you think about Mortal Kombat, when you really think about it, um, let me see, hold on, I'm getting some advice here. Let's see. Or before you show a trailer, you should take off the monetization for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I pretty much am like aware of that now. Um, I saw an ad for it, and it looks like another action fighting movie, but it seems cool. It, um, like I said, I mean, check out the trailer when, when you got some time. It is, uh, it is turning out to be pretty gory. I mean, like I said, like they ripped um, something ripped off Jax's arm, and like that was crazy. You know, and then of course the fight scene between Scorpion and Sub Zero um, turned out to be pretty good because, like, you know, um, Sub Zero creates a blade with, you know, out of, you know, with ice, like an ice blade, and then in that fight he cuts off Scorpion's arm. But of course we already know Scorpion is a specter from the Nether Realm, so he is not mortal to that extent. Uh, but yeah, so this right here that's supposed to be Melina. So I don't know if they're still continuing the same story that. You know um, that Shang Tsung had created Melina to act as a twin sister to Katana, but he used Tarkatan blood to create Melina, and therefore that's why she is like half Tarkatan, and um, that's why she has you know the mouth the way it is, like you know with, with like the, the the oddly shaped teeth that are like you know Baraka's, you know, because she is half of his uh, his species. Um, so I don't know if Katana is is going to be played by the same actress. Are they still going that route, or are they making Melina a totally separate character? That's something that you know I'm hoping because I I can already see that they have made some slight changes. Like for instance, how Jax you know lost his arms and had to get those cybernetic arms. Um, from from my recollection of Mortal Kombat, it wasn't Sub Zero who took his arms. It wasn't. 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think I believe it was Kentaro in uh, Jack's trying to save Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 2. So um, because of that, yeah, but it, it totally changed, you know. Um, there's just a lot of things that's happening here. Of course, the trailer kind of makes it almost seem like that Kano and Sonya are working together. I doubt that. You know, I just I, I still think that Sonya Blades in Hunt of Kano, but I mean, it, it, you know, it, it was some pretty sick, pretty sick things going on in that trailer. Uh, for instance, like you know, the special effects for Scorpion, I kind of like that. Um, you know, really emphasizing, you know, that that he's a, a health specter. You know, we even go from that to going with his kunai, um, which uh, they said that the weapon that Scorpion uses that tip. At the end of, of um, well, he uses a chain in this movie, but uh, that blade itself, the kunai blade, was actually a gardening tool. It was his wife's gardening tool, and that's why he uses it as a weapon, uh, making a spear-like out of it to pull his enemies close from far distances. And that's where we got the birth of, you know, the whole get over here and come here, you know, I mean, yeah. When your wife is killed in front of you and your child's killed in front of you, because initially that's what happens to Hanzo Asashi, is that you know his 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 wife and uh, and his son Jubei are killed before his eye, well not before his eyes, but you know he returns back to his village. He sees them killed, and yeah, they kind of emphasize that in Mortal Kombat Legacy. So like Mortal Kombat has been rebooted so many times, right? Because you have Mortal Kombat Legacy that that came out, I think, on Machinima. And it actually was more of like a what if, because throughout that series, Liu Kang actually joins Outworld versus, you know, staying as, as, um, as, you know, Earth, Earth's uh, champion. Coffee, what's going on? Welcome. <laughs> so uh, because of that very reason, um, you know, I don't know, I guess people didn't like that throughout it because in the Mortal Kombat legacy, Kung Lao was the focused champion of Earth. And like, yeah, you know, in Mortal Kombat 2, like like Kung Lao shows up there. Um, but he's actually the descendant of the original Kung Lao, the one who defeated Goro. Uh, which because like I don't know if you guys remember the rules of Mortal Kombat, but in order for, for Shao Kahn and his army, his forces to invade Earth and take over, they have to win 10 straight Mortal Kombat victories. And um, you know, they almost won 10, and then the great Kung Lao competed in Mortal Kombat and defeated Goro. Therefore, costing Shang Tsung his 10th victory. So then they started again and they won nine victories. And then came the current Mortal Kombat, the one that we know of, where Liu Kang is chosen by the Order of Light to represent Earth uh, in Mortal Kombat. And then the story goes from there. Um, but I don't know how I feel from like some of these shots. I mean, it's just, you know, you have that. Um, let me see if they have like a good shot of Sub Zero. Because I know this is. Uh, Obviously, that is, uh, you know, the uh, cover for, for the movie theaters, the poster for the movie theaters for Mortal Kombat coming April 16th. You see on the left side, you have, you know, Scorpion, and it has, like, e e even the blade itself, the, the outer shape of the kunai on this side. But then on the right side, you have Sub-Zero, and you have his frosted blade that he creates. Um but here is what Sub-Zero looks like, and you really can see right there. I mean, where is this going? You know, because I'm, I'm wondering about this movie. I really am wondering. Um, in fact, hey, 
Uh, even though I can't see the sticker uh, through StreamYard, but thank you so much, Coffee, for the for the super sticker. Really appreciate it. Um, but I mean, we we know from Mortal Kombat lore that you know Sub Zero, whose real name is Bihan, you know is is with is with the Lin Kuei. He's with the Lin Kuei, and Scorpion, whose real name is Hanzo Asashi you know, is leader of the Shin Rai Ryu. Two competing clans in, you know, in, in Japan. And actually, even before they started giving a backstory to Scorpion in that detail, from the very first Mortal Kombat games, it was said that the Lin Kuei was actually from China. So the Lin Kuei supposedly being from China, Shin Rai Ryu from Japan. Either way, they're, they're from feudal clans. And then in the first Mortal Kombat is where Scorpion takes his revenge. He kills Sub-Zero um, and then we find out later on down the road as, uh, John Tobias and Ed Boone created the character called Noob Cybot. And for those who don't know the Easter egg, uh, Noob Cybot, that name derived from the creators of Mortal Kombat, John Tobias and Ed Boone. If you take their last names and you flip it around, Boone flips around as Noob and Tobias flips around spells Cybot. And so that's how that name of the Shadow Ninja Noob Cybot came to be. But it wasn't later on until um, deeper into Mortal Kombat lore when you had the more developed games like uh, like Mortal Kombat Deception, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, is where we started getting more of a backstory to Noob Cybot, which then it is revealed that, um, what was it, in Mortal Kombat Deception, I believe it was, it was, it was more in detail revealed that Noob Cybot is actually Bihan. That when Bihan died at the hands of Scorpion in Mortal Kombat 2, we saw Sub-Zero come back again, but he looked a little bit different. And then it comes to find out that the Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat 2 is Kui Liang. Kui Liang being Bihan's younger brother, who in the Lin Kuei, his codename was Tundra. So Bihan's codename was Sub-Zero and his younger brother, who also had gifted abilities like Bihan when it comes to uh, manifesting ice and controlling it, his name is Kui Liang, and he was known as Tundra. When he found out his brother died, he donned the name Sub-Zero, but then he vowed to correct a lot of Bihan's mistakes and um, entered into the second Mortal Kombat tournament, which was held in Outworld. And um, yeah, it was then, it was then, you know, shown that, you know, the Sub-Zero then and then on would be Kui Liang. So in Mortal Kombat Deception, they find out that Noob Saibot is actually Bihan. When he went to the Nether Realm, he didn't come he, he didn't come back as a specter like sub zero did he came back as a wraith and so you know several times uh quietly confronts his brother when he finds out noob saibot is his older brother but there's nothing good of bihan at all you know he he was evil in his life on earth and he remains even more evil in the nether realm as a wraith and even at one point takes um smoke who's uh also part of the Lin Kuei, who had been uh, put through the cybernetic program, he took him as a partner, um, which is funny because Smoke was actually very good friends with Kwai Liang. So like I'm saying, I'm wondering if they're going to play this story out in Mortal Kombat at all to either side, to Hanzo Asashi and his past and to Bihan and his past. Because uh, I know for a fact they're not going to, they, well, I mean, if they do, if they do try to say that this Sub-Zero is Kwai Liang, then that's pretty ridiculous. Um, so 
Uh, will they make reference to Tundra in this too as well to kind of emphasize that Sub-Zero has a younger brother with the same gifted abilities? Because there is also another Lin Kuei ninja. Her name is Frost. And she also has the similar gifted abilities as far as manifesting ice out of thin air. So, and it's not really out of thin air. It's just because you know in, in air there's moisture in there and they can actually pull that moisture and freeze it at the same time. So... But the special effects in this movie is absolutely good. If you have not seen my video outlining the trailer, go ahead and check that out because I just did that yesterday. It's there. You can see the trailer in 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 my thoughts initially on it. So, but yeah, definitely um check that out. And also, besides Mortal Kombat, Godzilla versus Kong. Who do you guys think is gonna win that battle? Like honestly, who do y'all think is gonna win? Because um. There's just so much news just flying out about Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, it's insane. It really is. I mean, where you know, it's 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 not a new movie, you know, because they've had Godzilla versus Kong in the past. I think what like 1968 or 69. Summer back then they had um they they had it twice. They had the battle between these two twice, and and both times Kong wins. So a lot of people are really guessing that Kong wins. But in my analysis and the breakdown of um, Godzilla versus Kong trailer, both the U.S. release trailer and the, um, the, the the Japan trailer, there is one thing prevalent in both trailers that is for sure, and that is Mechagodzilla will be in this movie. So you have Kong, you have Godzilla. We hear in the trailer, they talk about you know, there there was a war before and Godzilla and Kong are the last two standing from it. You cut to a scene that looks like it's uh, Hong Kong and you see like this explosion come out of nowhere. Then you see people running down into a subway for shelter and up like at an upward angle towards the sky. You see what looks like Godzilla, but a robotic version of it. Obviously, that's Mecha Godzilla. And it makes sense. When you think of like all the, the, the post credit scenes, like the post credit to Godzilla, King of the Monster. Apex gets a hold of Ghidorah's head. So obviously they're using Ghidorah's brain in a mechanical Godzilla body. They're saying that the um, the the bones they discovered in the Philippines in the first Godzilla movie where um, they were trying to find out what happened there, where, the, where one of the Mutos actually had swam from the Philippines to the nuclear reactor in uh, Jinjiro, Japan. They, um, they said that Apex got a hold of the bones and use the bones to, as like a as like a foundation to build Mecha Godzilla, and use the brain of Ghidorah to try and give it life. But it is also said in the plot that Ghidorah's brain actually takes control of the entire machine. Apex loses control over it. But yes, at the end of Godzilla vs Kong, there will be a fight between Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla, and we don't know if Kong is going to be involved in that fight. If it's a two-on-one scenario or if it's just, you know, a battle royale, winner takes all, so they're all against each other. All we know is that we got a lot of uh, action sequences. And one thing that tells me about movie trailers, and that's something that I know of from my years watching movie trailers and stuff like that, if they lead in with the action, nine times out of ten, there's not that much action. There's going to be a lot more explanation. Same thing happened with Aliens versus Predator. When that trailer hit... And everyone was getting geared up for Aliens versus Predator to actually happen as a live action movie. We saw like a lot of action sequences in the trailer. By the time Aliens versus Predator came out, 
it was like, okay, the, the most of the majority of the movie was them discovering the pyramid in Antarctica and, you know, the predators arriving, uh, the, the pyramid being activated, um, you know, the, the, the little creepy hand calling thingies, uh, uh, eggs being um, laid from the queen alien and people getting caught in the sacrificial chamber. Like that's all we really saw. And then when the, when the predators finally confronted the aliens or the, 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 the xenomorphs, um, two of them got their asses kicked pretty damn quick. <laughs> one was like killed off in the very beginning. The other one ends up fighting a xenomorph and nearly beats it in battle until he makes the fatal error of like thinking he won the battle and goes for the killing strike where the xenomorph's blood actually broke the 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 metal net that he shot and captured it with. It ended up pouncing on him, pinning him down, and then using his his uh, tongue with the little eerie mouth to the tongue to exp- uh, you know to kill him by striking him in the head. Um, and then there's only one predator left. They talk about you know the, the whole thing with, with predator and and how they came to looking for. I mean, as I'm saying, when you have like a full action packed trailer, it usually means that there's not a lot of action. And I hate when they do that because they kind of release like you know um, they release too much action into the trailer that we already pretty much know there's going to be a fight on the aircraft carrier there's going to be a fight in tokyo who knows um so honestly i mean that's just yeah i i, I don't know how i really feel about it i mean i'm still excited to watch it i still want to see it um so anyways before i end this we are going to go ahead and we are going to actually take a look at some super mario brothers gameplay um as this is like, gosh, retro. And this is to kind of signify because I am doing a retro Thursdays. So Thursdays will be retro. Um, maybe I'll take a look back at like an old TV show from the 90s, old video game from the 90s. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we will uh, be having those like on Thursdays or Wednesdays, one of the two days. Um, anyways, so yeah, Super Mario Bros. Gameplay. I just think that, you know, anyone who remembers this <laughs> I can tell you guys right now honestly when this game came out I was just I don't know I sucked bad I was horrible at this game I had to use the warp pipes I'll be honest with everybody I had to use the warp pipes I wasn't I wasn't like super like you know super bananas at this game at all whatsoever But then a fun fact for a lot of you guys, if you guys didn't know, I actually had a Sega Genesis first before ever owning a Super Nintendo. It wasn't until um, when my family was living in the Philippines on Clark Air Force Base, when Mount Pinatubo began to awaken and erupt, we had to evacuate off Clark Air Force Base and we had to we only could take our clothes. So when we only took our clothes, my Sega Genesis was left at was left at the base housing. But that felt bad that I didn't have a video game to play. So we ended up going to the Navy Exchange on Civic Naval Station. We bought a Nintendo. And I've told the story before because I got I got into some major trouble for my dad because I thought I was slick to switch out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Nintendo. I switched it out for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2, the arcade version. And TMNT 1 was $37.99, TMNT 2 was $42.99, and I got some serious 
problems. Uh, my dad literally- I don't know why he didn't go for it to get on top of that. See, I remember this, uh, I remember this, it was a freestanding game, like an arcade fast food places where we would go and hang out, play 25 cents a play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, one of the places I played this game at quite a bit was at, um, a pizzeria, which anyone who's ever been in the United States Air Force or who has, um, who whose like parents was in the air force and they were stationed on the air force base there was always a pizzeria eatery called anthony's pizza like the air force base sponsored them and burger king so and my dad used to take me and my sister on saturdays to anthony's pizza for a pepperoni pizza and then we would play some video games and this and golden axe were the two games i played the most yeah, dude, those days were those days were awesome. This is what I tell like 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 kids today. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, video games today have have gotten really good. Graphics is good, animations is good, and everything like that. But to me, video games today are not as hard as these games were. And while these may seem two-dimensional scrolling, 8-bit, you know, graphics, you know, um, let me tell you something. There is no save points for these games. All today's generation gamers, there's no save points. You can't save and continue later on. You either make it to the end to beat Bowser, or you start over. And when you die and there's no continues, you start all the way back at World 1-1. There is no continuation. If you die in World 8, there's not going back to World 8-1. You start over. <laughs> I remember... I remember the, the very first Game Boy. That was a beastly thing. Do you remember playing Zelda on the original Game Boy? I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. I had a Game Boy. I had the Legend of Zelda on Game Boy, and I was just getting to Ganon. I was just ready to battle Ganon, and like, I took the Game Boy in the bathroom when I was taking a bath, and um. Yeah, I didn't listen to my dad. My dad would always tell me not to take it in there, so... I was about to face Ganon. And then... Yeah, the most messed up thing happened. And that is... My Game Boy fell in the water. And there it went. <laughs> Absolutely insane. You still have one... You bought it, uh... When you're at Macy's? Oh, wow. Is it still in prime condition? Like, no cosmetic defects or anything? Because that's going to be... That's going to be worth... That's going to be... It's going to cost a nice shiny penny. I dig this jingle. <laughs> I said I'm a nerd. I don't do... <laughs> These things just like... Crazy. I'm gonna let this this play all the way until uh, I guess two dash three. Oh wow! It died on you in 2003. Yeah. Fun fact. I don't know if you know this, Gene. Let me know if you know this. But this was not the first game with the Mario Brothers at all. 
I hate this level. Those squiddings. But this was not the first game with Mario Brothers. As a matter of fact, Donkey Kong was the first game with the Mario Brothers. You remember that? You would have to be Mario and you would have to make your way up through the ladder and through the different platforms without being struck by one of the barrels that Donkey Kong threw at you. Oh yeah, by the way, Gene, you are still a member of the channel, so you might want to go and, um, I think in a day or two, look at the membership for this channel. I've changed the perks. That way you will uh, understand how the per how the membership now works. So, all of it's there. It's it's a lot to explain. Like I said, I've revamped this channel. Um, I'm going full nerd. So, yeah. Definitely check those out because some some... Whichever uh, tier bracket you're in as a member, um, I know I selected one of them. I forgot which one it is, but one of the tiers a lot like you know there will be like a poll for a topic uh, discussion, and those in that tier will be able to vote on it. Um, so yeah, definitely. By the way, Gene, since you had a Nintendo Game Boy, did you ever own a Sega Game Gear? Let me know if you did, because I'm actually going to talk about that um, tomorrow night. I know tomorrow I'm actually going to be playing Pokemon Go. There's the Kanto event. I've already bought my tickets to it, so I'm going to be playing Pokemon Go. Anyone that plays Pokemon Go, drop your friend code in the comments. I will add you. Your friend had a, had a Sega Game Gear? Oh, man. I love the Sega Game Gear, but it, it, was, it pissed me off that people that had, like, you know... Like, the Sega Game Gear required six AA batteries. It was crazy. Six AA batteries. I think, like, what? The, the Game Boy only required four? <laughs> he found Toad! He found Toad! Toad's alive, but the princess is in another castle. <laughs> that is so bad. That is absolutely bad. I, I, I know. If I was Mario in that game, I'd so totally be pissed. <laughs> Every time I, I beat a castle and I have to save a freaking toad and not the princess, that's like crap. <laughs> it was a piece of junk. The Sega Game Gear? No way, man. The Sega Game Gear was awesome. I mean, at least, you know, for me it was. Because, I, like I said, I had a Sega Genesis first before, uh, before Nintendo. So... I was enrooted in games like Altered Beast and um, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mystic Defender, um, Chakon, uh, you know, uh, was it a, a Kid Chameleon, like those games. So, you know, having a Sega Game Gear, I was able to play it. But it kind of did irk me, though, with the Sega Game Gear. And that's when I realized that a lot of the mobile handheld gaming, um, obviously the games were built, constructed differently from it. Cause like I bought Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Game Gear and I was expecting it to be exactly like my Sega Genesis and it did not. <laughs> the graphics was like, eh. and <laughs> the levels weren't even similar. So I was just like, oh man, you know, but I mean, it is what it is. He got rid of it. The freestanding Mario game in our local arcade went up to 50 cents. Wow. I mean, what games today is like 50 cents to like a dollar, depending on what you're playing. Um, yeah, this is, uh, that's crazy, but, um, yeah, we hit the one hour mark guys. Um, so I'm gonna call it a night. I do want to thank everybody that came in and watched the show. 
if you missed my explanation of what happened to this channel, uh, feel free to watch the replay. I explained it in the beginning. And again, we will tip our hats to Aloha Android and send it off farewell. It's a whole new, I mean, I guess not really like a whole new show, but I mean, there's going to be some new things to it. New topics, discussions, new new talking points and whatever, whatnot. Uh, and, and just fully nerd out. If you're not a member of a channel, please join. If you'd like to join any of the tiers, read the perks very carefully to know what you're going to get. Um, and yeah, um, social platforms. You guys want to follow me on them. You guys know where to do it. No, it's in the description section. Smash the like button. It'll help circulate it. Thank you for those who are still planning to rock with me. Those who will not give up on me just because I went a different direction. And I'll just say this in final argument. I have to go a different direction. There's too many channels focusing, talking about the same thing. And it's just like, I want to do something new. So this is something new. This is my retirement. Aloha Android is retired and the nerdiest podcast show is born. So I will see you guys next time. Tomorrow, as a matter of fact. We will talk about old Sega Genesis games. That's what I have in mind. So if you guys are interested in that, into that, check me out tomorrow night. I will also tell you guys how Pokemon Go Kanto event went for me. Maybe I'll have some, I'll put together like a like a video uh, gameplay as I'm playing the game. Let you guys know if I get Shiny Mew and Shiny Ditto. I'm going for those. I'm finishing up my research task to get Shiny Celebi. I do play Pokemon Go. If you play it, drop your friend code. In the description, I will add you as a friend on Pokemon Go. That's it, guys. I really appreciate you guys. Um, I'm staying here no matter what. This is cool to watch. Yeah, definitely. You know what, Gene? You know, one of the days, uh, maybe we'll do like like a like like a retro callback to like some of the biggest titles in Nintendo, right? So we'll talk about our favorite games. Maybe we'll do that sometime. I'll get with you on a DM on on Instagram. I'll let you know when we're going to do that and you can join me on it. We could do it. We could talk. You bring 10 titles of your favorite NES games. I'll bring 10 titles of my favorite NES games. I'll pull up screen shares to show images for, you know, this young generation that doesn't know shit about the hardest games in the world. Because to me, Nintendo, Sega, Super Nintendo, those days were hard because there was no such thing as safe points. Coffee, good night. Take it easy. Stay blessed. Be safe out there. Gene, you stay blessed too as well. Everybody else that watches the replay, hashtag nerd up so I know you watch the replay. And until tomorrow, y'all take it easy.